Did you ever want to be a cowgirl? Erin Klinkner was a cowgirl. It's just one of a few stops she made on her journey from city girl up in the Twin Cities to dairy farmer up on the ranch. I'm Kate Rice with Monroe County Matters in part two of Ben and Erin Klinkner's story. What got you to change your goal, which you'd had since you were like six, of becoming a veterinarian and leaving the Twin Cities to move to a farm and become a dairy farmer and raise four kids and calves and whatever else you do? which is way more than that. Well, vet school is a a pretty competitive field to get into. So your grades have to be top par and you have to be a really effective communicator, really good at interviews. I'm not good at interviews, but I, I applied to vet school and I was accepted my first year when I applied for an interview, but then I didn't get past that stage, so I wasn't accepted. So I went and I worked out in Cody, Wyoming on a cutting horse ranch, training some horse. I worked out there for nine months and I applied again in the process while I was working out there. And I liked being out West. And so I applied to one of the other universities. I was accepted into the Colorado veterinary program, but I wasn't accepted into any back here in the Midwest at that time. And Ben was nearing the end of his graduate school program when I would be starting vet school. And so we were just kind of in that like limbo area where it was like, okay, well, should I go on four more years in Colorado when he was kind of ready to finally settle down and start his life? Should we continue this long distance relationship is kind of how it really was because we had had a long distance relationship a long time. And so it was, do I want to go to vet school or do I want to settle down already? (laughs) And I decided to settle down because vet school was going to be a lot more time and it was going to cost a lot more money in student loans. Uh I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to work the long hours and not be able to have that family time that I really found to appreciate when I came to visit his family, how connected they were and how much they just they seem to appreciate being around each other and it was peaceful to be in the outdoors and i felt as though if i went to vet school and stayed on that path i would completely miss that opportunity so the visit to the farm tipped the scales yeah because it was kind of i was going to continue living in the city life or i was going to settle down with ben and enjoy the open airs and the blue skies and the smell of manure. (laughs) I love that story. Can you backtrack a little bit? How did you and Ben meet in the first place? If he was from up on the ridge outside Cashton and you were from Maplewood? Yep. A suburb of the Twin Cities. Yeah. So how'd you guys Uh, meet? We both went to the University of Wisconsin River Falls and uh, we were both in our last semester and actually our last two months of school. And um, we had no classes together all of our whole other three and a half years of college um and we our last semester we had four or five classes i think together and yeah it was just a recurring face and (laughs) we both found each other good looking and so we just (laughs) he actually asked me out once 
And I said, I'm busy. I declined and I didn't want to go out on a date because I was really focused on school and vet school was my mission. But he asked again and I felt really bad <laughs> that I said no the first time. So I I accepted his second offer and the rest is history. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's great. That's great. So tell me now you are the mother of four kids. You're working on a farm. It sounds like you're the one who's in charge of the of the calf program, which is basically the future of the farm. What's your life like? What's a typical day like? Oh, the kids wake me up in the morning. I don't have to go out and feed calves in the morning because we, we have two separate farms actually that we live on. And we live on one that's raising older heifers. So we're not milking on the farm that we actually live on. And um, a heifer, and a, do you want to just define heifer for people who didn't go to 4-H? Yeah. Yes. A heifer is a young cow that hasn't yet had a calf so she isn't milking yet so she can it's either she's growing to be bred so that then she will come in to milk or she is already bred due to calf you know within the next nine months their gestation period is the same as humans so Um, the kids get you up you don't have to milk cows because they're the milking cows are at the other farm yep and uh you know, we get up, we do our breakfast. Ben comes home at some time during breakfast and we are outside usually by about eight thirty, nine o'clock. Some days the kids go with Ben and they go help with chores, moving animals around, or they do tractor rides and help chop or do field work. Other times we go outside, we do garden work or we just go and watch the chickens and feed the animals and spend a lot of time outside in the morning. We usually don't come in until about lunchtime in the summer and naps in the afternoon, hopefully cross your fingers. <laughs> so, so I can get a little bit of quiet time, but it doesn't always work. Uh, yeah. Nap time and, and then at about uh, four o'clock, I wake the kids up from nap and we eat our snack and go over to the farm at about 4.30. And then we are over there for about two to two and a half hours. Um, we get the barn ready for the cows to come in in the summertime. They're outside on pasture eating grass. They don't stay in the barn. And so we get the barn ready and start with our calf chores. And the kids just, they play. We have, we have bikes in the barn. They ride bikes all over. Sometimes they're just in and out of the barn collecting grass outside and bringing it in for the cows or they are doing various things. They love to let the cows out or tie them up. We have a tie barn that the cows are tied while they're in the barn and then they get untied and they go outside and the kids love to do that chore and they love to help any way they can. Um, They're little kids. Just tell me their names and ages again. Ben did before, but just to refresh our listeners' memory because this is going to be a separate podcast. Yes. Jack is five. He will be starting kindergarten in the fall. Anna is three and a half. Noah is just over two. And Abe is 10 and a half months old. So what do you do with Abe when you're in the barn and the other three are bringing in grass or riding their bikes? Various things to get into. (laughs) Yeah. Abe likes to, he sits in a baby swing. We have a swing that kind of is in a walkway and he swings and he has discovered how to propel himself at the age of 10 and a half months. So he is swinging full force. He's a pretty happy little guy. He enjoys watching his siblings come over and play with him whenever they walk by or he just watches us milk cows or he just enjoys watching the cows. But all the kids have done that ever 
all of them up until they're about a year old. And when they start walking, then things get really messy because they... <laughs> I can't imagine. They're walking everywhere. <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh, my word. And when you say you do calf chores, what, what are calf chores? Calf chores entail feeding all of the calves that are, I would say they're probably about six months and under that are in our calf barn. And I feed them their grain first is my first thing. I go out and feed them their corn and their pellets. I come back in and get milk warmed up for the calves that are still on milk. And we keep our calves on milk until they're eight weeks old. And then we wean them off onto grain. And at any given time, we can have anywhere from two calves that are getting milk all the way up to sometimes we have 10 calves that are getting milk. And we feed them with a bottle for a week of milk. And then we feed them from a pail. And there's how many calves total again? Oh, we typically... Time, we can have anywhere from two to 10. Right now I'm feeding five calves milk. So, and that's, those are the calves that are eight weeks old. So two months and younger. Okay. And then get milk. And then the other ones, they get hay and grain. So I, I just feed them their grain and let them eat. And then we just give them some flakes of hay and they're pretty easy to take care of those ones. Just the little ones that require a little more attention. And all of your pre-vet training in school, has that come into play to help you run both taking care of the calves and other work that you do on the farm? When I was in school, it was more, I was geared towards small animals. So I had worked in small animal clinics with, so cats and dogs. And then when I went to River Falls, I actually majored in equine science, so horses. So I had no background whatsoever with cows, dairy cows, like pigs, chickens, that type of thing. That was not in my realm at all. It was the complete other spectrum of animals. So you're learning on the job. (laughs) Yes. I've learned a lot about cows. Definitely. Uh, Especially calf care. Ben's mom taught me a lot when I first moved back here about calves, but then also Ben and I both and his parents to keep up to date kind of just with research and things from reading uh, articles from like Hordes Dairyman is a a paper that they get or like the farm journals and things like that. There's articles Mm -hmm. in there uh, that we keep up to date on, on what is the best practices or what's the most efficient and things like that. Right. I, I was wondering if you were doing some kind of continuing education. So, and it sounds like you do because yep. you both have such strong academic backgrounds. Yep. Um, and I do yeah. believe that that has also helped bring back a little bit of diversity because before, you know, Ben's dad's generation, they didn't usually go to any college and, and then come back to the farm. That's kind of a newer thing where mm-hmm. our generation has maybe gone on to college, and then we have come back to the farm um, like Ben and I have. And I think it brings back a little bit of diversity because Ben has worked other places and he, he can bring back some different experiences exactly. to his area. Now, you mentioned a garden. What's your garden like? This year's a lot of weeds, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we do we did have some success. We uh, have some green beans and some sweet corn and potatoes. We like to do a lot of our own home canning. I finished canning my green beans. I got 61 jars of green beans, so that should set us for the year now. We do pickles and relish, and we freeze our corn, and we do our own spaghetti sauce and salsa and pizza sauce. We like to try to be as self-sustaining, I guess, if you will, as possible since we have the open space and sometimes we have the time. (laughs) 
<laughs> we, oh my gosh. We to try as much as we can. What's the annual cycle like? As Because different times of year, I would imagine summer, you're super busy, but spring and when like when your cat, when the, when you're calving, when the calves are being born, you know, what's it like? And like, what's your winter like? We actually uh, calve all year round here. We don't have like a... Oh, okay. We So sometimes it works out where it's some months or, or maybe in the summer, it's a little bit busier because those younger heifers that we had bred, we don't always like them to calve in the winter time because it's easier on them to be out in a pasture to calve, they're just a little more relaxed than mm-hmm, if you bring mm-hmm. them into the barn and have them calve for the first time. They're just a little more stressed out. It's easier on them to be outside. So we try to get them to calve between March and October, November, but all the cows, it doesn't matter when they calve. So we actually have calves all year round. Okay. Gotcha. So that actually brings a certain amount of consistency to your schedule because you're yeah. spreading out the, taking care of the, the youngest calves. Yep. Yep. It does. So, which is nice. We don't have that big, huge punch. <laughs> That's right. And then you mentioned chickens and you got more roosters than you actually intended. <laughs> you want to talk a little bit about the chickens and the kids and the personalities of roosters versus hens? Well, we have um, laying hens and then we also get meat chicks or meat birds that we raise for our own eating consumption meat. And we get those and those are ready in eight weeks. So we just get them as little, we call them little chicken nuggets because <laughs> they're just tiny little baby chicks. And then they grow and they get to be six pound birds and we harvest them at eight, eight to nine weeks old. And then we have laying hens too that we usually get new ones every one to two years. It depends because their production also goes down after about one, 15 months actually, is I think 15 to 18 months. So we raise our own little little laying hens. And there is a difference. The meat chicks, the meat birds are raised solely for meat consumption and the laying hens are raised solely for egg laying. So it's kind of like the difference between a beef cow and a dairy cow. One is used for milk production and one is used for meat production. Same thing with chickens. So the chickens, the ones that are used for eggs, take a long time to reach maturity, if you will, so it's about, they take about four to five months to start laying eggs. And uh, okay. we have a lot of chickens. Right now, I think we have probably a hundred chickens at least. Oh my gosh. Wow. Because we're in that transition stage where we have our meat birds and our laying chicks and our old laying hens. So we have a lot of chickens right now. And do the kids help you with feeding the chickens and gathering eggs and stuff? Yep. Yep. They love to. They have gotten very gentle with the eggs. Every, every once in a while, you know, we come in with, the cracked shells that we eat for breakfast then right away. Right. Do you sell some of those eggs as well? <laughs> yep, we do. We sell to neighbors or family members because when our chickens are in peak production, we can get, we have 30 mature laying hens. And so when they are in peak production, we can get 26 eggs a day. Wow. Um, fresh and we fresh ourselves eggs. as our family of, of six people, if we eat breakfast, eggs for breakfast, we can eat six eggs for breakfast. Sure. So yeah, that's that's <laughs> a lot. Oh my goodness. So the day that you described, that's pretty much your day year round, although winter you're outdoors less, I would assume. Or maybe yep. not. Yeah. Yeah. We're to the barn in um, the winter time. <clears throat> we just have to it takes us about a half an hour to bundle up <laughs> to go over. It takes a long time to get ready, but we are still outside in the wintertime doing chores because obviously the cows have to be milked 365 days a year. 
twice a day. So morning and night that doesn't, that doesn't exclude any holidays or Sundays or birthdays or anything like that. Right. And like when you go to your high school reunion or see your friends who you grew up with or went to college with, what do they think? It, how does your life compare to theirs? And, and what do they think of just the life you chose? Some of my close friends really aren't surprised at the path I took. I was always very interested in animals and I always loved being outside and gardening and the fresh air. And I, I guess being self-sustaining or, or going self-sufficient in that, yeah. was always something that they they just, they, they kind of always thought that that could happen. <laughs> I'd right. be one of those like, little hobby farmer people. So they're not too surprised, but they love coming to visit. My friends do, because I still keep in touch with a couple of my high school friends and they love it. It's beautiful where we live. No oh one. yeah. So the ridge and you're near St. Mate. That is so gorgeous. Why don't you t- t- just tell me what it looks like for people who haven't driven up there? Well, it's, you know, very hilly because it's on the top of the ridge. And when you drive into our driveway, it's just fields going up the hills and meet, you see some woods and it's blue skies up top and cows. It's just very picturesque, I guess, of what you would, what you would see. Yeah. It always feels like, it feels like you're on top of the world up there. Yeah. Yep, we don't have uh, maybe as much. Well, yeah, I guess we do. Um, we, you know, you can see the farms and the ridge tops of all around us, and you can see many other farms. You know, just speckled on the horizon, silos, and some of them still operating, some of them not. You said Jack's going to start school in the fall. Where does he go to school, and what's happening just because of COVID? Is he going to actually go to school, or, or what? Yeah, he um, he is registered for the public school system. Um, Where does he go, Cashton or? Yep, he will go to Cashton. As of now, they are scheduled to open full time for elementary school. Yep, um, but we'll see uh, if the numbers spike. I'm not for sure. He's really excited. He didn't actually go to preschool. We um, we just decided not to. We thought being home and and on the farm and open air and less structure. Yeah. He give him a little more time to be a kid. Yeah, I think that was right. that was a smart choice. So, well, Aaron, okay, first of all, thank you so much for your time, given your schedule. I super, I super appreciate it. This has been another by the Seat of My Pants production. Theme music by Peter Danilovitz.